Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and this is part two of the mystery of godliness and talking about the godhead and the parts and the roles and the misunderstandings. But before we get further into it, let's say a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us and lead and guide and direct us into the truth. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we Thank you so much for all that you do for us. We cannot even begin to understand everything that you do for us. The very air that we breathe and all of the blessings that we have is because of you. Lord, we ask that as the terrible things that are going on in this world are taking place and more terrible things are happening, that you prepare our heart, soul, and mind for your soon coming. Help us to be ready. Help us to get rid of everything that is in our lives that is keeping keeping us from heaven and from you. Lord, we love you and we want to be with you forever. Now I pray that you lead us into the truth and guide us so that we are not confused and that we know the truth. And we thank you and praise you and ask all these things in your precious, wonderful, holy son's name. Amen. All right. So last week we talked about Jesus and his role and how he was with the Lord forever. Now let's talk about the Holy Spirit. There is a huge controversy about the Holy Spirit and how some people People believe that he is not a person, a real person, that he's just a spirit emanating from the Father or from the Son, which in and of itself doesn't really make sense, especially given all of the things that we can know and do know about the Holy Spirit. But people like to cling on to one or two quotes that make it seem as if the Holy Spirit is not a person. And when all of the other quotes are very clear about the Holy Spirit and his role and position. And you might have heard of this expression, but they're called the Godhead. Now, Godhead suggests more than one. And people, what they don't understand is how you can say there's one God, and yet there's three persons, and each of them are God. So how is it one God? And we'll get into that in a little bit. But for now, let us prove without a shadow of a doubt what the Holy Spirit's role is in the Godhead, and if he is in fact a living person and real, as real as Jesus and the Father himself. So, let's start with this. Many people refer to the Godhead as the Trinity, and what a lot of people don't realize is that the term Trinity was coined by the Catholic Church. That term has nothing to do with what is the truth. That term isn't even mentioned once in the Bible. When it is mentioned in the Spirit of Prophecy, it is under the title misrepresentation of the Godhead, which you can find in evangelism starting at paragraph 613.2, and you can read it for yourself. So as I was saying, the Godhead is made up of three people. And here's what the Bible has to say in 1 John 5, 7 and 8. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in So this verse explains that there are three people, three distinct people that are in heaven, but they act as one. You have the individual people working together and they make up one God. Whereas the Trinity belief is you have three people who are like three heads on one body 
and there's all sorts of different variations of the Trinity and it's really crazy, but all of them are false. The Godhead, the true version of it should be that there are three persons and together they make up one God. Matthew 28, 18 and 19 says, Christ tells us to baptize in the name, which is singular, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So these three persons' name is God and they work together to that purpose and they agree alike and they all each have jobs and things that they are doing and they each had a role and have a role in our salvation. So when many people believe that the Holy Spirit is not a person, it's they think because his name is Spirit and that you can't see him and all of these things that therefore he's not a real live person. He's just this thing that emanates from the Father. And this is totally false. And we can see this over and over again in the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy. But let's make a couple of points clear first. If the Holy Spirit wasn't a person, the scriptures would never have even included him in the verse in Matthew that we just read, or mentioned that there are three in one. And many people say that that verse was added later on, but whether that's true or not is not the point. It is in the Bible, and everything in the Bible is inspired, so therefore the Lord wanted it there for a reason. And not only that, but when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit himself, he says, I am sending you another comforter, one other than himself. That is what another means. It means something besides yourself. And at Jesus's baptism, there was the three represented. You had the Father speaking in the voice saying, this is my beloved son. You had the Holy Spirit as in a form of a dove that landed on Jesus' shoulder. And then you had Jesus himself after he was baptized. So you had three distinct people and three different variations of it. And they were all three there. The very fact that people say that you have to take away these verses is ridiculous because the word of God says do not add or take away from the word of God or a curse will come upon you. That is why we must only read the King James Version because that is the only version that is accurate and I'll get into that in another podcast. So another thing to mention is there's a good reason that there are three of them. It implies it in the Bible. It says we must have two to three witnesses for everything. So the father witnesses to the son and the spirit and Jesus witnesses to the Father and the Spirit, and the Spirit witnesses to the Father and the Son, and they each bear witness to one another, which is amazing. So another point is that the Holy Spirit is mentioned a lot in the Bible. Even at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about the Spirit moving upon the face of the earth in creation. So the Holy Spirit was also involved in creating this earth and in creating the angels and everything that we know of today. And his role is very important. And we'll get into more of what he does for us in a little while. The Holy Spirit shows up multiple times, and one of those times is when the disciples were in the upper room and praying. The Lord told them when he was after his ascension to pray for the Holy Spirit, and he would come to them. And so when Jesus ascended, they were praying for this very thing. And that's when the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they could see tongues of fire above the heads. And I don't know about you, but that would be really amazing to see. And then they were able to go out and preach and everybody was able to understand in their own tongue and language. The Holy Spirit gave them these gifts. And this is exactly what the Holy Spirit is able to do for us too. And 2 Peter 1.21 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is the one who told these men what to write in 
the Bible. And he's the one who told Ellen White what to write in the spirit of prophecy. It is the same person that inspired both of these things and tells us what the truth is. The Holy Spirit is what convicts us and converts us of the wrong that we are doing. Romans 8.26 says, The Holy Spirit intercedes for believers and through them prays to God. He interprets our prayers and puts them in a beautiful, meaningful way that is hard to understand for us, but he makes our prayers much more clear, much more understandable. He brings them before the Lord himself to deliver it and to interpret what we really want. And it's so amazing. There are many other instances and you can go and search them all for yourself. Do a very comprehensive study on it and leave no stone unturned. This goes back to what I was saying. If the Holy Spirit was not a person, why does the Bible refer to him as an individual? How would he be able to give holy men understanding? The Bible is clear that there are three. You can't just take one away because you don't understand how the Godhead works or because you don't understand how there can be three persons yet one God. There are aspects of the Godhood that we as humans will not understand here on earth, but we can accept it by faith and we can understand that there are three individuals. We can understand that they are not like us. Only Jesus retains his human condition and that's another false thing that people don't understand is that Jesus gave up part of his power to be here on this earth with us. He's no longer omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once because he retains his human condition, which is also why the Holy Spirit was needed to come down here because he still has his omnipresence. He can be everywhere all at once and be in our hearts and live with us, whereas Jesus can only be in one place at one time and he's in the most holy place interceding for us on our behalf. So only Jesus came down and became fully human to save us from our sins and we can understand that at least and we can understand certain aspects of their character and their qualities that they have but we might never understand that they had no beginning and how it all came to be because they didn't and we as humans don't understand we think you have to have a beginning you have to have a start somewhere but this is part of the mystery of godliness and there is so much more that we could learn about them and throughout all eternity we will be ever learning and understanding the mystery and the love of God. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the word, received up into glory. The Holy Spirit always leads to the written word. The Holy Spirit is a person, for he beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. When this witness is born, it carries with its own evidence. At such times we believe and are sure that we are the children of God. What strong evidence of the power of truth we can give to believers and unbelievers when we can voice the words of John. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. 20 MR 68.5. See right here it's very clear she says the Holy Spirit is a person or else he couldn't bear witness to our spirits that we are the children of God. So we have to believe that he is a person in order to know that we ourselves can bear witness and that we are the children of God and if we fall into that deception that the Holy Spirit is not a person we are in grave danger and that is exactly what the devil wants from us. He doesn't want us to believe or know the true purpose of the Godhead because it leads to his downfall and it leads to us overcoming sin because one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is help us to overcome every sin. MS 2019 
1806 says, The Holy Spirit has a personality, else he could not bear witness to our spirits, and with our spirits that we are the children of God. He must also be a divine person, else he could not search out the secrets which lie hidden in the mind of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. People think that he's not a person because you can't see him and because you don't know what he looks like. But Jesus said of the Father that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And I guess it would go the same for the Holy Spirit. Just because you can't see him or don't know what he looks like doesn't mean he's not real. Jesus himself was a type of spirit before he became flesh. He only became human when he was reincarnated. The Father and the Holy Spirit are still spirits. They can be everywhere at once. They can know everything at once. They can do all of these things. And Jesus gave up part of that for us, the omnipresence, the ability to be everywhere for us. And she continues with this, SPTB 0762.3. The Father cannot be described by the things of earth. The Father is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and is invisible to mortal sight. So here again, we are told that the Father cannot be seen by us mortal. But the Son of God is the fullness of the Godhead manifested. And this is her next point in 63.1 of the same book. The Son is all the fullness of the Godhead manifested. The Word of God declares him to be the express image of his person. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here is shown the personality of the Father. And in 63.2 of the same book, it says, The Comforter that Christ promised to send after he ascended to heaven is the spirit in all the fullness of the Godhead, making manifest the power of divine grace to all who receive and believe in Christ as a personal savior. There are three living persons of the heavenly trio. In the name of these three great powers, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, those who receive Christ by living faith are baptized, and these powers will cooperate with the obedient subjects of heaven in their efforts to live the new life in Christ. This is very clear language. There are three living persons of the heavenly trio, and they are three great powers, and each of them have a job and a role to do, and it is so amazing. We don't just have one. We have three that we can rely on, and three that we can love, and three that are there for us and are helping us to be better and to live in heaven with them. And manuscript 66, 1899 says, we need to realize that the Holy Spirit, who is as much a person as God is a person, is walking through these grounds. And she's talking about the Avondale School in Australia. This is very clear. He is just as much a person as is the Father and as is Jesus. Just because we don't understand everything doesn't mean we can't understand this. And people are caught up on the quote that says the that we can't understand everything about the Holy Spirit. And that part is true. We don't know everything. There is still so much to learn, but we can know what we are told, and we are told that he is a person and he is part of the Godhead, so we must accept by faith what we are shown. The Desire of Ages 671.2 says this, In describing to his disciples the office work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus sought to inspire them with the joy and hope that inspired his own heart. He rejoiced because of the abundant help he 
had provided for his church. The Holy Spirit was the highest of all gifts that he could solicit from his Father for the exaltation of his people. The Spirit was to be given as a regenerating agent, and without this, the sacrifice of Christ would have been of no avail. The power of evil has been strengthening for centuries, and the submission of men to this satanic captivity was amazing. Sin could be resisted and overcome only through the mighty agency of the third person of the Godhead who would come with no modified energy, but in the fullness of divine power. It is the Spirit that makes effectual what has been wrought out by the world's Redeemer. It is by the Spirit that the heart is made pure. Through the Spirit, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature. Christ has given his Spirit as a divine power to overcome all hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil and to impress his own character upon his church. This is powerful. Here we are given very clear instructions of what the Holy Spirit does for us and why we need to believe that he is a person because without him, Christ's work would have been to no avail and we will not be able to overcome sin on our own. We must have the Spirit in us and working with us in order to be able to overcome all hereditary and cultivated tendencies to evil. And that is amazing. No wonder why the devil doesn't want us to believe that he's a person because he knows the power that the spirit can do through us working in us and through us this is amazing he is the third person of the godhead very clear language we are left no doubt about it and the bible is very clear that he has a mind he has hands and feet and a brain and he acts and thinks on his own and he does all of these amazing things for us he, he's the one who brings the conviction to our hearts that we need to change. He's the one who helps us to overcome. He's the one who brings our prayers before the Father. He does so much for us. It is amazing when you read about all of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us and with us. And we should be very grateful that he is here for us and helping us because without him, we would be lost. And she says it very clear here. R.H. March 2, 1905, paragraph 5 says, great is the mystery of godliness. There are mysteries in the life of Christ that are to be believed, even though they cannot be explained. The finite man cannot fathom the mystery of godliness. So here we're told that we have to believe what we are told and accept the rest by faith, even though we cannot understand it. And even though we cannot explain it in the best of ways, we must accept by faith. Blessed are they that have believed in and have not seen. We we will be learning more about the Godhead throughout all of eternity. And I'm sure there will be so much to learn and to understand that we won't even learn it once a large amount of time has passed. The deeper the ocean goes, the more you discover, as the saying goes. There's just so many, many quotes about this very thing. And there are so many wonderful quotes about the Godhead and every person in it and their role in it. And they are all involved together. They all work together. All of them are important. They each have a role to play and we cannot allow the false doctrines out there to lead us away because Satan is trying to divert the mind and trying to deceive us before the close of probation. And this deception has led so many away from the truth and it's so sad because it's really downplaying what the Holy Spirit is capable of and what his role is for us because 
because if we don't believe in the Holy Spirit and what he can do for us, we will not be able to make it through the struggles and the trials that is to come. We must have faith. We must pray. And people say, well, we cannot worship the Holy Spirit. There's a quote that says that the angels bow down and worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and that we will be doing the same when we get to heaven, that we will all bow down and praise the name of the three great powers of heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three of them are God together. And it's amazing how important a part each of them have. And it it is so astonishing to me that people don't realize how important this topic is and how we need to be able to explain it and prove it from the Bible. We need to prove all things from the Bible. And we need not have to fall in error because it is the Holy Spirit who brings us understanding. We are told that we need to pray for the Spirit to help us to understand the great mysteries of the Bible and to be able to explain it to others. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us to know prophecy and the things to come and to understand the mystery and the secrets that are out there. It's just such a, an important part that he has and it is so amazing that I could say so many other things about it. And here are some more verses. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And Romans 1.20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In the Great Commission, Jesus mentions the three persons, as we mentioned, and you can read that in Matthew 28, 19-20. So go there when you do study. And in it, addition, the three are names alongside of each other in these passages, 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6, and 1 Peter 1-2. And make sure you aren't interpreting the spirit of prophecy or the Bible to your own liking. You have to study this out and be clear of what it has to say and pray and ask the Lord to help you. Ask for the Holy Spirit to guide you. Here are some verses to help you study. This is talking about the one God, Isaiah 45. 5, 5 and 21, Isaiah 44, 24, Isaiah 44, 6, Isaiah 43, 10. The Father is God, John 17, 3. Jesus is God, Matthew 1, 23, Isaiah 9, 6, Colossians 2, 9, Philippians 2, 5, John 1, 1. And the Holy Spirit is God, John 16, 13, Acts 16, 6 and 7, and Acts 5, 3 through 5. He is a person and not an invisible force. In fact, if he wasn't a person, we wouldn't be able to lie to him and deceive him like Acts 5, 3 through 5 says. In fact, I'm just going to read it. It says, But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remains, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. See here, it's saying that the Holy Spirit is God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. Another point I want to bring out is the fact that just because his name is the Holy Spirit doesn't mean he's not real. We call 
all demons and angels spirits, but we know for a fact that they're real because of the things that have gone on and because of people having interactions with angels and because of everything we're told about in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy about angels. They are real, they're, but they're called spirits because they're different than us. We're human beings. We are weak. We are flesh and blood, whereas they are different than us. They are made in another way than us. They're not the same as us, but it doesn't make them any less real. And the Holy Ghost is the same. His name is not suggesting that he's not real or that he's just the Lord's breath breathed out onto us. No, that would not make any sense at all. Otherwise, we would not have to worry about lying to him or grieving the Holy Spirit. The Bible warns us not to grieve away the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that we can grieve away the Holy Spirit is by not listening to him when he convicts our heart to give up the sin in our lives that we're holding on to. So there are so many aspects of it that make him a real person. He tells us what to do. He warns us from sin. We have to take all of these facts into consideration besides the fact that the Bible and the spirit of prophecy agree. So if it's in the spirit of prophecy, it's in the Bible. We must take these things very seriously because as I said before, the devil wants nothing more for us than to disregard the Holy Spirit and what he is able to do for us because with the Holy Spirit and with us accepting the Holy Spirit and having him in our hearts and our minds and receiving the latter rain in the last days, which is the Holy Spirit pouring out on to us and we have the same ability that the disciples had we are able to witness to people we are able to do whatever it is that we are able to do in the last days we need to pray for the holy spirit to come into our hearts and live and reside there and that's part of the latter rain is having the holy spirit within us so that's another reason why the devil doesn't want us to believe in him because it is very important that he is a part of our lives and our hearts because as i said before without him, we will not be able to stand in the last days. We won't be able to overcome sin. We won't be able to be in heaven because it is the Holy Spirit that brings about these guilt and these convictions in our heart that we need to change and we need to get ready and that we have a work to do. And that to me is so amazing. And I'm so grateful that we have another person out there looking out for us and who is willing to do this for us and to work with us and has such patience and love to remind us time and time again, no matter how many times we have screwed up, that, hey, this is the way, walk ye in it. Turn not to the left or the right hand side, but keep straight and narrow. But one of these days, it's going to be too late, and his voice will forever fade from our mind. So we need to take that opportunity now to listen to him and to put away all of these things. And we do not have to be left in darkness. That is, is why we are given the spirit of prophecy, so that we have a light to shine on the verses and to make them more clear to us. And that is why we are allowed to know the truths of the word in a deeper way. And it's so awesome to me to know that we are given this light and then we must shine that light onto others so that they can tell their friends and their family. It's a ripple effect. And one by one, as our light is turned on, we turn other people's light on. And pretty soon the sky is 
as bright as the noonday. And that is exactly what we need to do. We need to be that light to others. And that is why we must share the truth with everyone we come across. Another thing I wanted to point out is the fact that when the angels talk about the Godhead, they always say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They are addressing each and every one of the Godhead. They're calling the Father holy, they're calling the Son holy, and they're calling the Holy Spirit holy. They worship and bow down before them, and we need to do the same. They are holy, holy, holy. And that is why they are referred to as the three great powers, the three great dignitaries of heaven. They are the heavenly trio, and they need to be treated as such. And you can search those words out for yourselves in the spirit of prophecy and do your own study. There is 51 Bible verses proving that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead and his role and position and all that he does for us. And if you are interested in the study on that and would like more information, you can contact me at astarwitness at gmail.com. And I will be happy to send that to you with all of the Bible verses proving what I have just said and how he has knowledge, has fingers and toes and the brain. And we do not need to be left in any doubt that he is a real person and doing all he can to help us to break away from the bondage that Satan holds over us and wants us to remain in darkness. They want us to walk into the light. What path would you rather walk in? Total darkness that brings nothing but misery or perfect light that brings nothing but happiness? The choice is up to us and whatever choice we make, we have to be willing to face the consequences if we choose the wrong side. But we are told perfect love casteth out fear and we cannot have that perfect love without the three of them. And with that, I wanted to sing this song, this hymn called Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Way filled with thy spirit till all can see Christ only always living in me. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence humbly I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior.
and try me master today whiter than snow lord wash me just now as in thy presence humbly i bow and that is exactly what we need to do we need to bow before them and serve them and give all of ourselves to them and they will give of themselves to us and help us to overcome all sin because they want nothing more than to have us with them for all eternity now remember what it says in Matthew 5:16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven so with all of this being said let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.